to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man, if he were a vampire and death was a joke, he'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben Hamid. Maybe in a younger day. Yeah, so for this episode, we have a special guest, another Canadian on the podcast. His previous record was called Huntsville, garnered him some accolades at the Canadian Folk Music Awards in 2016. His third record, called Quiet Talkers, is set to be released on May 22nd, and judging by the singles he's released so far, I can't wait to listen to the whole thing. So please welcome to the podcast, Ken Yates. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast, I ask the all-important question, what t-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Wayne. Wayne, what t-shirt are you wearing? I've had this for a while. I've been waiting for a Jason Isbell episode to wear it, but I got a, uh, it's a West Free design. It says something about uh, Night Owl, pure apple wine, but it's a, it's a classic uh, West Free design. Perfect. All right. How about you, Ken? What t-shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing my Dead Dog Records t-shirt, which is my uh, local record store here in the West End of Toronto. Figured I'd represent. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Wayne, I am, uh, I'm like you. I'm wearing my Jason Isbell and the 400 unit t-shirt that I got a couple years ago when I saw them live. So Nice. Right on. So, 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 Ken, I mentioned uh, two Canadian Folk Music Awards for Songwriter of the Year and New Artist of the Year a couple of years ago. So, how how's the folk music scene up there in Canada these days? Yeah, it's pretty good. We've got like a we've got a pretty pretty supportive scene up here. We are uh, we're lucky in Canada because we get we get some uh, support from the government to to uh, to make our records and to go on tour and stuff. So it's uh, it makes for a a pretty pretty nice supportive community around here and um yeah it's good i mean i spent i spent most of my time touring in the u.s actually so uh canada is kind of home for me but uh but i spend a lot a lot of time touring the u.s for sure so so do people in canada know where huntsville is they do yeah huntsville that Huntsville is is Huntsville, Ontario, which is a couple oh, of okay. hours north of Toronto, not Alabama, but I know See, there's here, a few Huntsville. I was Huntsville's. thinking it was Alabama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most people in Canada would think of the Ontario one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've we've had a few fellow Canadians on the podcast. So we had uh, Lucette, uh, Lauren Gillis. We had her on a couple months ago. Okay, and nice. uh, we had Tyler from Said the Well. Oh, nice. You you know Said the Well. I do, yeah. They're uh, they're a pretty big band up here. Yeah, they're and and we even talked about uh, why the hell were they not bigger down here in the states? Because I I just can't figure it out. Because I I absolutely adore them. They're they're fantastic. Yeah, they're great. It's funny that a lot of Canadian bands are like that. They just it, they don't seem to to cross the border at all. And it's not for lack of trying. I think. I don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't translate and there's, there's really no explanation for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I also don't understand why the Arkells are not bigger down here in the States. Yeah. That's crazy to me because they're huge here. I mean, they, they play stadiums up here. Right. Yeah. So, so Ken, you were a referral from, uh, Liz Longley. So how do how do you know Liz? 
Uh, Liz and I went to college together, along with another guest of yours, Brian Dunn. Um, yes. So the three of us have been kind of uh, a, a, a bit of a crew for almost 10 years now. Yeah, we all went to school together and uh, started coming up together, and we've been touring together for years. And so, uh, yeah, I guess Brian passed Liz's name on to you, and Liz's, Liz passed me on to you, and that's how it goes, I guess. We, uh, the three of us all kind of end up doing the same thing eventually. Yeah. We, we, we love our referrals. So it's a, it's a great way of introducing us to, to, to some new music and, uh, Wayne, you'll, you'll appreciate this. So, uh, there's a couple of publicists who reach out to me and, and say, Hey, um, we've got this person who's got a new record coming out and we think that they would be a perfect guest for, for your show. And, um, so I got an email today. Uh, do you know, Brian Dunn? <laughs> He's got a new record coming out. Uh, I think he would be a perfect guest. And I was, and I was like, um, "You're correct." Yeah, we we love Brian Dunn. Uh, we've had him on, so I said, "You know what? If you want to have Brian come back on, uh, we would totally welcome that." So I know he's got a he's got a new record to 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 push out there in the in the world as well. And so, um, yeah, I'm, uh, we're we'll welcome Brian back back with open arms on the show. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a lot of guests through Brian. Is that right? Um, yeah, let's see. Who else Who else came from Brian? Was it Anthony? Anthony D'Amato. Anthony D'Amato. Yeah. And then from Anthony, we got uh, Scott Terry from Red Wanting Blue. Nice. And then um, we are having the alternate routes on in a couple weeks. So oh, right was, on. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really good referral trail. And... Uh, yeah, um, and you were actually the second referral from Liz because she referred us to striking matches as well. Oh, awesome! Yeah, they're great. Yeah, really, really, really cool. Have you have you heard Liz's upcoming record? I have. Yeah, it's amazing. I've heard Brian's as well many times, and uh, yeah, they're both they're both really really good. Their best work yet. So. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're actually kind of all on the same timeline. We're all releasing our record to the same uh, company in Nashville called Tone Tree, and so it's kind of funny. We're all uh, we're all going through the same thing at the same time. So yeah. we've been kind of passing artwork and stuff back and forth, and making sure everything looks cool and sounds cool. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just ordered Brian's record. Awesome. Because I'm like. Uh, <laughs> You know, with everybody not being on tour right now, it's uh, scary times for musicians. Yeah, it's it's weird times for sure. It's been a it's been a weird week. I've canceled about I think thirty shows now. So oh. <laughs> I had I had a good run of shows lined up for uh, for April and May, and I think they're all going to have to be postponed. So it's been a yeah, it's been a weird weird few weeks here. And I know it's the same for all musicians because it seems like everything, I mean, every single day I'm reading about how many cancellations there are. So it's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I'm hoping that eventually we'll get back to normal, but, um, so, so let's talk about your upcoming record. So, so give me some, some background on, on the song quiet talkers. So that's, that's, am I right? Is that going to be the, the, the title? Of the record? That's right. Yeah. That's the title track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I wrote that song about a year ago now. And uh, 
I didn't really mean for it to be the title track. I just kind of like the sound of of quiet talkers, and it kind of it kind of represents the overarching theme of the uh, of the whole record, which is like. I guess kind of thoughts from the quietest person in the room, which is a lot of times me. Uh, but uh, in general, I have thoughts, but I'm not one to uh, maybe express them in the moment. So um, I kind of felt like it was a good, good title for the whole record because it kind of represents every song in a way. Yeah. So the the lyrics of "I can't get out of my own way," head and heart ain't on the same page. They're both quiet talkers. So. Is the quiet talker a person or is the quiet talker the your head and your heart, um, you know, those little voices inside your head telling you different things? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's the, the little voices, which I know okay. we all kind of have. But but in my case, sometimes the, the little voices are are louder than the uh, than the, the real voice. The inside la- voices are louder than the outside voice. So, yeah. Uh, Except when it comes to songwriting, which is weird because I feel like I'm pretty uh, opinionated in my songwriting, but not so much in person. Yeah. So, so when you're doing the songwriting, is that when the head and the heart are shouting a little louder? Pretty much. Yeah. That seems to be the case. It's not really on purpose, but that's kind of kind of what happens. I asked you why you cover up your tattoos. You said only. I can't argue with that It's the middle of the night But you're easy to talk to when you're wasted It's the middle of the night But you're easy to talk to when you're wasted It's the middle of the night But you're easy to talk to when you're I'm not looking for love, just looking for you to say it's alright. I don't wanna be alone tonight. Don't let me be alone tonight. You can keep on talking all quiet as long as you like. It's the middle. So I have to ask you about the the lyric video for your song. Where'd you come up with the idea of, yeah, you know, I think we'll have some dancing skiers in the background while the lyrics are on the screen. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of got obsessed with that idea because I saw a video of, of <laughs> ski ballet and uh, it's uh, it used to be an Olympic event for like one Olympics what? in the 80s. Yeah, so really? if you were like oh, a wow. freestyle skier and... Uh, and you, you know, if you did like, if you were one of those guys who did like flips and tricks and stuff off of jumps, I think you used to have to also do ski ballet as like a companion to that stuff. And uh, yeah. so all these guys used to do it. And uh, I first saw a video of it and I thought, oh my God, I got to, uh, I got to <laughs> find a way to, to put my music over this. And then when we were in the studio doing that song, I immediately thought like, this is the perfect song for, for that kind of thing. And uh and then I, I couldn't really find footage of it because there's not much out there. I even got in touch with with the Olympic channel 
and I asked if they could give me any footage to use. I was like, hey, can can I put this really depressing song over your footage? And they told me no. And so I kind of scoured the internet and found this dude from uh, from Montreal who uh, filmed himself uh, ski dancing in like the 80s oh or gosh. 90s and asked him if I could use it. And he said, sure, no problem. He said, nobody ever asked me for permission, so so go for it. It's such a bizarre concept. I love it. It's it's great. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah. So you have a few videos to go along with your songs. There's uh there's a really good one for uh when we came home. Um how how did that video concept come about? Yeah, that's a, a video I did with my buddy Alex Stevenson here in Toronto who I did I've done a couple videos with and he kind of came up with the idea of like kind of uh having this restless kind of vibe to the, to the video. And so we wanted to, we actually filmed it to a slowed down track of the song and, uh, and then he sped it up and it kind of has that like herky jerky kind of restless vibe to it, which was kind of what we were going for with the song. The, the, the song seems super personal, like, uh, about not wanting to come home to confront whatever demons are, are residing there. Is it, is there some, some, some personal stuff on that, that song or did you just come up with these really um, interesting and a little bit dark lyrics that, that, that go for that song? Yeah. I mean, there's always like, there's always a little bit of, of personal stuff that, that goes into it at the start and then it kind of, it kind of evolves from there. And, uh, but it's, that's definitely one of the, one of the darker things I've written, I, I, I would say, um, and it all stems from a little bit of truth, but it's like it general, it generally kind of evolves into its own, own thing after a while. So I can't say that everything is specifically about my life, but sort of, sort of just observations, I guess, from, from my past. But yeah, that song in particular was just kind of watching, uh, like seeing some of my parents' generation starting to starting to retire and kind of struggling with, with that part of their life. And, uh, you know, when they think, I, I think that generation kind of expects sort of this, uh, light at the end of the tunnel when they retire and they don't necessarily get that all the time. So, uh, there were a few people, uh, that I, a few people that I knew that were kind of struggling with that. So that's kind of where that song came from. Two wrongs. So there's also a video for that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to do videos for all of them. Trying to get that uh, yeah. the content out there. 
to to do you find that the 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 videos help push push that along look i i get that musicians are always trying to find some new angles because just the whole marketing concept is way different than it was from from years ago so yeah i'm just kind of curious on uh, the the musicians that we've talked to are kind of divided where they're like yeah we're we're good with not doing any videos and then we've got others who you know like you that are like yeah i'm gonna do one for every single song yeah well i mean it didn't start out that way it started with me just doing the one for two wrongs and then um you know like it's obviously Budget is kind of a big thing when you're making a record and making videos. I would say the videos aren't really as important as they used to be, especially because the platforms all kind of moved to streaming. And I feel like yeah. I feel like having something on YouTube was a lot more important five years ago, even than it is now. But it's still nice to have. I mean, if you can if you can make a good video and you have the opportunity to do so, I think it's it's still pretty valuable. And you know, I've had I've had my fair share of experiences with bad music videos especially as a singer songwriter it's uh it's a uh, hard sometimes hard to uh come up with a concept uh that that you as the songwriter actually like but um yeah i kind of started i i had the two wrongs video and i had uh the quiet talkers video ready to go uh before we even started releasing stuff and uh uh then i just kind of felt like well it's nice to have those two and if i can if i can make a video for every single uh, I would love to. So, uh, we pretty much, yeah, we've got five singles coming out and we've got a video, at least a lyric video for every single. So are we going to see more ski ballet? Unfortunately not. I thought it'd be funny to do one of like me trying to ski ballet, uh, which is (laughs) hilarious how many people thought that it was me in the video. I'm, I'm pretty flattered, but I thought it'd be funny to make like one of me actually trying to do those moves, but no, we've got some, some other stuff coming with some lyric videos and stuff cool. but yeah i think it's always nice to have if you can do it but I, I don't think it's a it's a must have these days i think we're gonna see a lot of content on youtube of people doing their uh, you know fireside type of uh strumming for the world that we live in right now um i don't know if you've if you've been on any of the uh the, the live streaming stuff um, so like earlier this week, uh, I checked out Liz's live one that she did on, I guess it was on Instagram. Um, and then Dropkick Murphy's did one, did a live one for St. Patty's Day since they couldn't do one for the city of Boston, uh, because of, you know, the quarantine and yeah, so it's, uh, it's interesting times where we're, I'm, that's, that's been my evenings the last couple of evenings is just listening to um some of my favorite artists doing their trying to entertain the 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 people who are shut in so yeah it seems to be what everyone's doing now and I'll, I'll probably do one eventually i sort of i sort of uh have been taking my time trying to figure out what to do with it because i know a lot of people were really quick to get on the uh, online concert thing and i've never done one so i'm a little bit afraid of doing one because there's always that like that doubt inside that no one's going to watch, but I might, I, I think I'm going to do one uh, probably next week if, uh, if I can pull one okay. together. But I think, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see everybody dealing with this and I'm mostly just 
just dealing with the reality that all their tour dates are canceled. And that's kind of all we know how to do because most of us have just been focused on touring relentlessly for years. So uh, when that's all taken away in like one day, it's uh, I think people are just trying to find ways to, to just keep playing music and and having like an outlet to their audiences. Cause otherwise we're uh, you're pretty shut in here. Yeah. Yeah. That's an understatement, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for the rest of the record to come out. Um, I'm. I think that I've I've tweeted out your your videos a few times to and told everybody I'm absolutely in love with all three of these singles. Oh, so, thanks. Yeah, just like we discovered Brian Dunn last year because of the podcast and became huge fans of his work. I can say that uh, finding your music has been my favorite discovery of 2020s at least so oh, far that's awesome that means a lot well brian gets all of those yeah. songs he I'm, he's the first person i send a song to and vice versa so you can you can okay. thank brian <laughs> there we go all right i will i will thank him the next time we have him yeah. on the podcast so all right well let's uh let's transition over to uh the record that you chose but uh we we ask all of our guests and we're we're eventually going to retire this, <laughs> this question because it's getting it's getting tired. But uh, one last question: So, Toto's Africa, good or bad song? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, I gotta say, I mean, I I am not a dancer at all. Even like, no matter how much I drink at a wedding, I can't dance, and my body just doesn't want to do it. But when that song comes on, that's one of the only songs that I could actually uh, get into at a wedding. So, I mean, I think I have to say that it's good then, right? <laughs> I've never seen you dance. So I don't know that we yeah, can. Well, no, I mean, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> My dancing's not good, but the fact that it's one of the only songs that makes me feel comfortable enough to, to, uh, to, uh, get out there on the dance floor. I feel like I can't say it's bad, right? <laughs> no, I don't think no. you can. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're still trying to figure out all right. Well, what what replaces this question? So we 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 threw this out to our last guest, and he said, um, "Ask your listeners their favorite song off of the Grease soundtrack." <laughs> um, and I and I don't know if that's going to fly or not. Um, I because I don't know how many people are like super familiar with the Grease soundtrack. Like Ken, what what would your what would be your go to song off of the Grease soundtrack? Oh, I mean, I I will. I guess I'll say you're the one that I want because I can't really think of many others right now. Uh, right. I guess what's the other one? Summer Loving, but that one's got some weird some weird lyrics in it. That are not, <laughs> not appropriate. We've discussed that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, we yeah. did discuss. It. But yeah, those are the only two I think I know. I guess Grease Lightning. And Grease Lightning. Never been a fan uh, of that yeah. one. No. Uh, hopelessly Devoted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'm going to go with you, the one that I want. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll go with that. All right. So, uh, so Ken, tell, tell our listeners what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Uh, so, I chose Jason Isbell's Southeastern. Perfect. So, there were a couple others that you thought about. What were the others? Yeah. Well, I was trying not to pick a singer songwriter record or a record in my genre. I was trying to pick something cool and, and hip. Like uh, I was thinking about Radiohead or uh, Sufjan Stevens, but really, I mean, I, this record was on my list just because there's, there's so much to chew on and there's, there's so much to dig into in these lyrics and in these songs. So 
of course I picked like the most singer songwriter record. <laughs> and, and I'm completely cool with that. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I know Wayne, Wayne has jumped on the Jason Isbell train a little late. We were supposed to do, we were supposed to do an episode a couple months ago for the Nashville sound and our guest postponed on us. Um, well, he's, postponed on us what like three four five <laughs> oh, times no. now um which is, that, that's fine so so we've been itching to do a jason isbell record and um this is this is a good one so let so let's get some bio info on the record so this is the fourth studio album it was released in june of 2013 it's produced by david cobb uh album uh was um one of of Cobb's most uh, acclaimed records. Um, Wayne, we've talked about a David Cobb produced record before. You remember which one? Uh, Patty Griffin. No, John John oh. Prine's Tree of Forgiveness. John Prine's mm-hmm. Tree of Forgiveness. Yeah, and it's. I think it's only a matter of time before one of our guests picks a Chris Stapleton record or Brandy Carlisle record. Those are also artists that uh, that utilize Mr. Cobb for his production stuff. Uh, so, in 2014, at the Americana Music Awards, uh, Cobb won Producer of the Year. And this was also album of the year in 2014 at the America Americana Music Association Awards. Um, you guys realize who was initially supposed to produce this record? No. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Adams. Oh right. Oh. Yeah. Good thing that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Ryan's music, but. I know we're still trying to figure out, okay, when is the right time that we can start talking about Ryan again? Um, and I think that it's still not still too, too soon. soon. Yeah. yeah still too soon. I think it's too soon still. And who knows where it's going to go from here. He's, he's just trying to, uh, to get out in the public again, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's all the bio info. Oh, one, one last thing. So Isbell, finished the recording a couple days before his wedding to Amanda Shires, uh, who he is still married to. Um, and if you don't know Amanda, she plays the violin and the fiddle in his band. Um, but also she was part of the, the high women. Um, that was the collaboration of Brandy Carlisle, Marin Morris and her and the last person escapes me. And I feel bad every time I forget. Uh, do you rem- do you know who I'm talking about, Ken? I do, and I'm absolutely drawing a blank on her name too, and I can't believe yeah. it because I can I can just see the name. <laughs> yeah, I, I see her too. Sorry. Um, so uh, one one research that I that I saw on um, on the title. So Isabel said that the geography wasn't actually the reason that I named the album Southeastern came from a tool and die shop in Alabama that my dad worked at when I was very young. He came home with terrible stories. I thought of the place as a dungeon. So I wanted to reclaim that for my own purposes. So there you go. When did you hear this record? Was it as soon as it came out? Did you know Jason Isbell? 
like from his time in drive by truckers or like, when did you become a, a Isbell fan? Yeah, I actually came across this record pretty early on when it first came out. I knew a little bit of his stuff. I knew uh, there were a couple of songs I really liked with drive by truckers and a couple of his solo things that I liked as well, but I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan. And this record even took me multiple listens to get into it. Um, but then I, yeah, I, once I dug in, um, to each song, I, I fell in love with it. And obviously it was just a matter of time before it, uh, exploded into, uh, and, uh, you know, Nashville kind of named him the, uh, the King of Americana shortly after. Right. Right. Yeah. I got introduced, uh, to this record by my cousin, Jeremy, who he, he kind of knows, he kind of knows what kind of music I like. And he's like, Hey, I just saw this dude, Jason Isbell, and this record that he put out is really good. You should check it out. And it it did take. I will I will freely admit it did take me a couple listens to before it really started to resonate. And I think it was as soon as I really just sat down and, and listened to the lyrics. Um, that's when it grabbed me. So, and there's and there's a couple songs on this record that uh, the lyrics just. They just kill. All right. Well, let's jump into the record. So uh, as a reminder, our scoring is based on the number of songs on the record. So Wayne, how many songs on this record? 12. Which means our top song is going to get 12 points. Next favorite 11 on down to lowest score of one. Let's kick this off. This is Cover Me Up. Put your faith to the test when I tore off your dress in a rich I sobered up I swore off that stuff Forever this time The old lovers say I thought it'd be me Who helped him get home But home was a dream One I'd never seen Till you came Ken, what do you love about Cover Me Up? Uh, so, I mean, I think this is the best song on the record. And uh, it seems like it's having a second life now because uh, that big country guy is covering it now. And um, it's a, it's kind of a weird first song for a record because it's so heavy. Um, but I feel like they also knew it was the best song on the record to put it first. Um, and I think it's just, it's kind of an instant classic. It's just one of those songs. I mean, it's essentially a love song, but it's so, uh, brutal and honest. And, um, you can, you can really hear what he's going through in the song. I think obviously this whole record is kind of one about his, his, uh, his struggle with alcoholism and then two coming out of that addiction and about his, his wife, Amanda. And so this song is kind of, kind of bridges between those two things. And, 
um, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a classic. Yeah, who who's the big country guy who's covering this? I, I can't think of his name either. <laughs> oh, okay. I want to say Brett or Keith or something like that. <laughs> oh, now now I'm now I got to go. I got to look some it up. Research to figure out. It's not the Chess, is it? I don't think so. I just know no. everybody was. Oh, it's Morgan Wallen. I know everybody was mad about it because they thought you know a lot of a lot of people didn't realize it was a Jason Isbell song because it's kind of a a hit on country radio right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll ask my wife afterwards. She's she's a new country person, so I'll have to ask her if she knows this song. Yeah, I know all his fans are pretty mad about it, but uh, it's I think it's a, it's probably a good thing. I think sure. Yeah, you know the whole the whole no bad press, right? Totally. Well, uh, unless unless you're Ryan Adams, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless you're Ryan, clearly Adams. there is bad press. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know my my comments uh, or notes that I wrote down. I said, you know, for an artist to have one song that everyone wishes that they wrote, you know that to have that career defining song. I mean, that's, that's pretty special. And I honestly think on this record that there are two career defining songs and we'll talk about, we'll talk about that second, second song coming up. Um, and you know, you can, you touched on that his struggles with alcohol that's documented here in, in this, in this song. Um, I think that there's, um, and there, if I if I remember correctly, that there was there's a, there's a little autobiography going on about uh, put your faith to the test when I tore off your dress in Richmond on high. I think that that actually did happen. Like I think that that something happened with um, Amanda where um, he really botched it up pretty good, and so the fact that. Uh, you know, he sobered up and swore off that stuff forever. Um, and I think he still talks about his sobriety. If I remember when he, when I saw him live, he, he, he talked about before he launched into the song, he, he talked a little bit about, about his, his, uh, swearing off that stuff for good this time. So, um, and it should be, as no surprise that cover me up was recognized at the Americana Music Awards um, as Song of the Year. Shouldn't, shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, album of the Year, Artist of the Year, um, also for, for this record. So um, there you go. But I do have to say before we get some scores that Wayne, since I see everybody's scores in advance, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> and, and fair enough. So let me start by saying that it's a complete shame. And I, but I had to surrender myself to come up with scores for this because I don't think there's anything on here that is less than an eight. Uh, but I don't, that's not how it works. So it was, but it was very difficult. Some of these songs um, like speak to me personally. And so I had to, I had, <laughs> I had to make tough decisions and I know it's, it's a complete shame, but I didn't think it worked particularly well as the beginning, but like I say, I do agree that uh, I listened to this and it did take maybe one time through, but actually this, since, you know, we, we finished something else, we started this, I listened to his very first record 
Sirens from the Ditch. Um, I Then I started to think, because I think Nashville Sound is my favorite album, and then I listened to this so much that I thought, I don't know if it is. So then I went back and listened to Na- the Nashville Sound, and it is my favorite. But I it, I just had to surrender and just say something has – some of these songs are going to get you know one through seven. There's nothing I can do about it. All right. Well – I was definitely sure that this was either going to be number one or number two for our cumulative scores. Yeah, this you tanked it all the way to the fourth song on our top five. And, and you know what? I had no bad intentions. That's all I can say. All right. Hope you feel good about yourself. All right. <laughs> I don't. All right. All right. Well, let's get some scores then. Wayne, you you start. I gave it a four. Boo. Boo, boo. <laughs> all right. Ken, your score? I gave it a 12. All right, this is my 11. All right, let's move on. Next song is Stockholm. I've heard love songs make a Georgia man cry On the shoulder of somebody's Saturday night Read the good book, studied it too but nothing prepared me for living with you Lock me up tight in these shackles I wear Tied up the keys in the folds of your hair And the difference with me is I used to not care Based off of our scores, Ken, you, you like this song a little bit more than, than Wayne and I did um, Yeah what's, uh, what's so special about this song? I love this song. I think it's it's such a great track too because it's it's after Cover Me Up, which is so heavy. Uh, it's just a perfect track too, which is a bit on the lighter side, but it still has those killer lines like uh, like uh, ships in the harbor and birds on the bluff don't move an inch when their anchor goes up. It's just like it's such a it, it, the song's really just about wanting to to come home to to his wife, I think. And but yeah. his his description of it's just he goes above and beyond with with some of his lyrics on this and uh i've just always just having cover me up go into stockholm has always been uh such a nice listening experience i know this song maybe isn't as important as some of the other ones but it's a uh, it's so nice on the ears too yeah and that's that's amanda on fiddle and vocals um, yeah. And Kim Ritchie also performs. Uh, she's got some vocals on this, so you can you can definitely hear the some some female parts um, on this song. Uh, shortest song on the record, clocking in at just under three minutes. Um, I didn't do any research on this particular song. Anyone got any stories behind the song? Is this just a I'm on the road and I'm lamenting about how long I've been on the road and now I just need to get home and be quarantined for two months it's i think yeah it's definitely a yeah it's definitely a tour one of this one in new south wales clearly felt like stories from specific places on the road but there are just like i say my score does not reflect uh, how how great this song is i mean he's a tremendous songwriter uh just an amazing storyteller and that some of the lines in here like tied up the tied up the keys in the folds of your hair like how that's, that's I've never heard anybody say that before. And once a wise man in the ways of the world, and I've traded those lessons for faith in a girl. Like he, he longs for. You can hear. You can. He, he's he's one of those people. You he has a voice for sad songs, but you can definitely feel what he's trying, 
what he's trying to say, what he's feeling. It comes through the sound. Yeah. And he's one of my favorite Twitter follows because like he's, he's very, he's very witty, but the love that he has for Amanda is so genuine. Like when she was doing her thing with the high women and they were, you know, getting on uh, all the various late night shows and, you know, he was promoting the crap out of, out of that, that record for, for her. And uh, you could tell that he was a, a very proud husband. It was, it was really cool to see um, how genuine um, that is. So it was, I don't know. Uh, you can, you can definitely tell how much he, he, he loves that woman uh, within a few of the lyrics uh, interspersed on the, on this record. So, all right. Anybody else got anything to say on Stockholm? Should we get some scores? Yeah. All right. So this is my five. Ken? I give it a nine. And then Wayne? I, I gave it a two. And it's like I say, it's a shame, but it personally, it didn't, I didn't have anything. I'm not a traveling musician. Um, right. But, and it had a little more of a, a kind of a more of a mainstream country kind of musically sound but i had to give something to i feel like i'm going to do a lot of apologizing on this. <laughs> uh i'm yeah i'm looking at your scores that i that might be the last time you have to apologize okay we'll see we'll see we'll see it's unlikely but okay <laughs> all right next song traveling alone so high the street girls wouldn't take my pay said come Just danced away. And I've grown tired of traveling alone. Tired of traveling alone. I've grown tired of traveling alone. Won't you ride with me? I've grown tired of traveling alone. Tired of traveling alone. I've And yeah, Wife Amanda is on the fiddle on this one as well. Um, And this is definitely a love song. Seems fitting that she's on it, considering the song is really, I think, directed at her. Especially with the lyrics of, I've gone, I've grown tired to travel alone. Won't you, won't you ride with me? Um, So that's uh, another on the road song, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's a little less clear who. I mean, this one is not. The other ones feel, if you can, almost like you can, especially New South Wales. But you can tell that it's about a musician. This one's a little bit, a little more open ended. It it feels like a few of the lines are. I'm super punch drunk because I'm I'm on the road. Can you you ever get those uh, those those feelings at night? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, I mean, I had this song rated pretty low. It's never been one of my favorites. And I know that this song uh, is generally one of people's favorite songs off the record. I think they even put this out as a single. But uh, to me, this just kind of does the opposite of Stockholm, which they're both the same idea of they're on the road and they're missing home and they're feeling lonely. But Stockholm just has so many like beautiful, poetic lines. And this song to me is just more of like the kind of cliche traveling song which which we're all guilty of including myself 
it's hard not to write them because that's all we do. We're on the road and we're we're at truck stops and motels all over the country and it's hard not to write about them. But this one to me is like a bit too on the nose. I mean, again, I'm going to be apologizing a lot too because I'm looking at my scores <laughs> and I probably would have revised uh, some of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, this one for me just... Uh, it, it's obviously still a great song, but it just, uh, it doesn't quite hit the mark for me. What's your travel song? You got one? Do I have a travel song? Oh, actually Stockholm's one of them. Oh, do I have one personally? Personally? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I have a song called keep your head down. That's, that's about being on the road. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. and actually there's a lot from that Huntsville record, almost too many, I think. <laughs> <laughs> The last thing I got on here is uh, where he says in Ybor City on a Friday night. Yeah, that's just outside of Tampa. That's just up the road from me. So no, no yeah, Ybor City. How high do you have to be that hookers won't take your money? Like, <laughs> he had some, because I love the darkness of this. And like I say, the violin really helps that. And then the female harmony in the chorus kind of give it a that hopeful feel. But this is definitely prior. It has a feeling like it's prior to finding that someone. It's the feelings that he had. If, you know that he need you know when you need when you need that when you have that loneliness but yeah i that was the one thing i wrote down is like how high do you got to be to get hookers to not won't not willing to take your money <laughs> no knowing tampa you got to be pretty high <laughs> uh that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying about tampa all right let's get some scores on this ken i gave it a three and wayne and i gave it a seven all right this is my four all right. And next song is Elephant. When she was drunk, she made cancer jokes. Made up her own doctor's notes. Surrounded by her family, I saw that she was dying alone. But I'd sing her a classic country songs, and she'd get high and sing along. She don't have a voice to sing with We burn these joints in effigy Cry about what we used to be Try to ignore the elephant somehow And remember what I said about Cover Me Up about having a career-defining song? Yeah, this would be the second. This is a career-defining song. Um, I tweeted out about this song a few weeks ago. I tweeted out a, a reaction video where two dudes are listening to this and they slowly come to the realization that the female character in the song has cancer. Uh, yeah, go check that reaction video out. It's priceless <laughs> um, just because you, you can you can tell that they're not you know, super into Americana or country music. And they're like, yeah, this is, this is all right. And, and once they start really getting into the meat, I think it was where, you know, he, uh, I guess it was, it was probably when she was drunk, she made cancer, cancer jokes, uh, made up her own doctor's notes. And you could just tell the look on their face. They're like, Oh crap. This is about, <laughs> yeah. that's what the elephant is. Um, anyways, what do you guys have had to say on Elephant? Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's the it's the second career defining song between that and Cover Me Up. I wanted to to rate this as my highest song, but I didn't just because it's so 
it's so gutting to listen to that I I just don't listen to it as much as Cover Me Up just because it's so hard to listen to. But uh, yeah. it's really an amazing song. And I mean, this whole record in general, I feel like he tackles uh, these topics that songwriters would be afraid to tackle because they're too dark. I mean, to decide like to go full into cancer is pretty intense. Um, but the way it's written is just so good. I mean, like in, in so true as well. Like the, the line that gets me every time is right at the end where it, it's a, uh, if there's one thing that's clear to me, no one dies with mm, dignity. It's like, oof, yeah. that's rough. Gosh. That, that, that line in the surrounded by her family, I saw that she was dying alone. Oh, yeah. It's just, tough. It's gutting, man. Yeah. I'm, I, I totally understand where you're coming from where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to listen to this song. Cause you really, you really have to like be in that mood zone, whatever you want to call it. One thing that I thought was interesting and, and maybe you can chime in on, on this is I, I always try and go see what covers of, of the more popular songs on the records. Cause I, I'm I'm always curious on 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 cover songs, and there's a ton of people on YouTube that have covered "Cover Me Up." There's not a whole lot of people who have attempted to do a cover of "Elephant" because you just don't want to go there, man. I mean, this is this is a gutting song. Yeah, and I think I think Isbell has said that if he, and he said that recently that if he had to pick one song, it would be this song. Uh, so I know it means a lot to him, but yeah, you're right. It you don't see a lot of covers of it, and I think there's there's a clear reason for that. But it's it's a but I've seen videos of him playing this song live, and the whole crowd is singing along word for word. And you would never think a song like this would have would have like the the uh, like singability to like to have people uh, hang on every word. You know what I mean? Like it's that's crazy to me. Well, I think I think if you go to if you go to any concert that people people are affected by cancer. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, uh my sister passed away because of cancer. I I know that there's uh lots of people who are dealing with friends or or loved ones who uh, are either going through that or have passed away because of the, the big C word. So I'm I'm wonder if it just resonates with a lot of us because that is the elephant is dealing with your mortality and and seeing people struggle with um with dying. So Absolutely, yeah. And what a good title too, Elephant. It's such a uh, yeah. such a cool title. <laughs> yeah, but not, I I have this isn't my let's just say that that isn't my favorite song on the record. Because um, after listening to it, I, f- I found another one. But this is, I gave this my highest score because I think it is the best song on the record. I think, and from the from top to bottom, I think Elephant, which is a, he's obviously, uh, Elephant in the Room is a cliche, but he subtly references it and gives it a whole different kind of feel. But the way he tackled, he is, he, this is a, just like we, you know, Ben just discussed, this is a common thing that happens in life. But yet it's very rarely, if ever, talked about in song. And so to take that challenge up and then to do it so well it, it, is just – but he, the way he does it too, he, this is a lot like – it reminded me of Hemingway where it can be – it's a lot of dialogue 
And from that dialogue, you, you figure the story out. Like he doesn't, he doesn't telegraph it. You have to, you know, my, my favorite line or the one I think that, that kind of gets everybody's attention is if I'd have fucked her before she got sick, I'd never heard the end of it, which to me creates this whole, they, cause through this song, you can see, you feel they've known each other for a long time, but they've never been there. They've, they've never been intimate. It's like, there's a sexual chemistry. I don't. And the thing I thought of was maybe she was like his best friend's girlfriend. They grew up. You can tell that they've known each other for years and they're friends and just all these things that you can, that you can understand in this, in this song that, that I, it just takes an incredibly talented individual to make that happen. And, and I, like I say, it's not my favorite song, but I think it is the best song on this record. Yeah. All right. So you got your score out. This is this is my twelve as well, and then Ken, I gave it eleven. Yeah, and this is our number one song, by the way. Spoiler alert! <laughs> no surprise. Yeah. Um, all right, next song, "Flying Over Water." A string pulled tight from home to Tennessee. Still somehow those ditches took the better part. And I wonder, I'm looking at our scores. Uh, are our scores lower because how do you follow up a song like Elephant? I think there's def- that is definitely, ha- I think it has to be part of it. It's really, I mean, We've had that happen on this before, that you come off of this song either that everybody really loves or that you personally really love, and the next one, it's just like it's got a lot to live up to. Yeah, because this is a great song. Yeah. Um, it's super catchy. I think that if there is a, I don't know, I, I hate to say that if there's a pop song on the record, this would probably be it, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too, too. I agree though, because that. I think it, I think the subject and the kind of the, you know, it reminds me more of a, of a more conventional current country song. Musically yeah. and even lyrically a little bit. Yeah. Ken, what do you got on this song? Yeah, I totally agree. I I think, I think you know this is what this was kind of his first. I think his first like solo record, and so I think this song is one of the two songs where it's where he's sort of saying like, oh, I also play in a band, and uh, I'm trying to think that if I switched this song with Stockholm, if I would have rated it higher you know what i mean like because the fact that it is after elephant makes me like it less and i feel like that's not fair to the song but and i get why they put it after elephant because you sort of need something a bit more uplifting and a bit lighter and this song's definitely lighter you know like it's you know it's still again it's it's a great song lyrically it's great but it's not you know doesn't hit you quite quite as uh, hard as elephant does but i think yeah i think it just it's the track five it has to be where it is and you know i gave it a low rating just because uh it's it's just in a tough spot i think yeah well you don't want to follow elephant with yvette 
for instance. Right. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you're in the garage with the car running. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, let's get some scores on flying over water, Wayne. I gave it a three, and like I say, it's completely a victim of its of its placement, and then all of the other great songs on here. Because some of the lines in this one, uh, you know, about Daddy's little empire built by hands and built by slaves, and then and then like I say, that that thirty thousand feet up view where if you've ever looked out the window of a plane, it all looks so organized and so streamlined. But when you're, what did you know when you're on the ground standing in it, it's it's a mess. Yeah. Well. The world we live in. Um, Ken, did I get your score? No, I gave it a four. And uh, this is my six. All right. So, Different Days is our next song. My daddy told me, I believe he told me true. That the right things always are to sing to do. Ten years ago, I might. Stuck around for another night Use her in a thousand different ways But those are different days Those were different days And the story is only mine to live and die with And the answer is only is this about being in love with the stripper? Am I, am I simplifying that too much? I think that's a part of it. I mean, I don't know if he was in love with her. I think it's this song is about redemption, which a couple of the songs are here. Um, yeah. And he's not he's not the person he used to be. And yet, and how like there was a line in there about I would have tried to save you in different ways. Obviously, probably by throwing dollar bills at you. But he's he's not that same person anymore. I think that was one of the. One of the things I liked about it was that that redemptive, you know, every I, I can at least relate to not being who I was, you know, 10 years ago, let's say. Yeah. And and 10 years prior, he was still in drive by truckers. Is this a is this a lament about his days in that band? Those yeah. were different days. I think so a little bit. I this the next three songs I spent the most time like prepping for this podcast because I think I think they are the ones you need to dig into the most because I think they have all these kind of hidden metaphors. And I feel like I want to call this section of the album like the next three songs are kind of like his outlaw songs where he's almost writing writing about himself and the perspective of of his of his former self who was addicted to alcohol. He's sort of writing about himself like he was an outlaw and he's committing these crimes. And he's talking about himself like in the third person about doing all these, all these bad things. Um, but I do feel like it's all kind of a, a metaphor for like this person he used to be when, when, uh, you know, he was going through these tough times and this song ke- grows on me every time I listen to it. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a, it, it's obviously not the song that's going to stand out immediately, but I do like it more and more the deeper I dig into it. Yeah. I will say this from a podcast production perspective. This entire record was really hard to come up with appropriate 45 second clips to fully capture the essence of each of these songs. Right. This was this was super hard to come up with like a 45 second clip where I'm just like, can't I just use the whole song? Wouldn't that just be easier? So it's a great song. 
All right. Anything else on different days? I don't think so. All right. Ken, what's your score? I gave it a five. And then Wayne? I gave it a six. All right. And this is my eight. And this is where we flip the record over, and this is Live Oak. There's a man who walks beside me Is who I used to be I wonder if she sees him And confuses him with me And I wonder who she's pining for On nights I'm not around Could it be the man who did the things Wayne, I'm going to let you get started on Live Oak. It's just such a great story. Like, I mean, it's... it's Clearly, like a, like a period piece, this sounds like it was written like previous to the Civil War. But I mean, this guy, I like to say, it's just this dark, gritty, almost sinister song where he, you know, he leaves town with the sheriff on his back. I mean, the line about uh, um, I'd never, uh, what is it? I'd never, you know, looked basically looked a lover, a lover, to, you know, in the face, and then so I just took one every couple of days. But this whole on the run and all these bad things, he lives this life and then he meets somebody and he, you know, and I'm, I guess saying it out loud, I'm sure this is a lot about the long lines of how he feels about his life. So he meets this woman and he settles down. And yet that pass, it's just like it reminded me of that line from The Godfather, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in because all of a sudden the whispers start coming and people realize who he is and she realizes who he is. But I mean, he thinks part of that's what attracted her to him. Um, but he had, uh, at the end, I'm going to assume that he had, that he killed her cause he's, he made a cross and dug a hole and then he left town. So it's just a great, it's just this really great gritty old Western story would have been, I mean, this is, Clint Eastwood would have killed this. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was hoping that somebody would, would have some good, good meat to what the song is about. Cause I almost went to songmeanings.com to see what people had to say. I, I resisted. I resisted. I didn't want to. I didn't want anyone to taint what I thought that I thought the song was about. So, yeah, definitely, there's some duality. You know, we've talked about this on other records. Yeah, just the lines about the guy, the guy, the guy standing next to him, obviously, is hit. You know, the other, depending on, I guess, which time he's 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 thinking of. It's that that bad person, or that, or is it that good person? Like, say, how he doesn't know which one right. she's she's pining for is it the bad boy because or is it this this good this guy who's trying to live he's trying to do things right he's trying to live this you know this simple life and and yet it just you know his past just keeps just keeps knocking at the door oh, somehow finds him dealing with the demons and the angels yeah i did uh i did actually kind of do some research on the song to try and figure out what it all means. And I did find a lot of crap out there, but I think, (laughs) I think for the most part, I think you're right. Like there's this duality uh, with him and what he's gone through kind of, and he's sort of woven this, this outlaw story again. Uh, But I do think there's, especially like the, the main line, which is there's a man who walks beside me, who he is, who I used to be. And I wonder if she sees him and confuses him with me. Like that idea like it's so rough when you think about it, like him thinking about, especially if you tie it to his alcoholism, like what if, what if, um, what if she likes me better when I 
was drunk. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's yeah. a little bit of that Next in there. Party. Yeah, which is which is pretty heavy. Uh, and I think yeah, there's a there's there's a little bit of those metaphors in there once you dig into it. I I originally rated the song pretty low because I I usually kind of you know, I, I like it, but I, I don't dig into it too much. But when I did start digging into it more, I was like, wow, this story wise is, is one of the better songs on the album. Yeah. I feel like he wrote it about, uh, you remember the friends episode of fun Bobby? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what the song is about is fun. Bobby who yeah. gets, gets clean. Oh, it's sorry. true. Oh, you remember that episode? That was the New Year's Eve episode. But, fun Bobby when he's not drinking is t- not fun Bobby. Uh, it's just Bobby. It's just Bobby. <laughs> uh, this is the first time that I feel bad about my score. Um, so uh, this was my two. And like I said, I just ran out of numbers. I I, I love this song. Um, Wayne, what you got? I gave it a nine. I, I say that I just love this, uh, this really vivid story that comes together with this guy that's trying to deal with his past and his present and at the end his future. Yeah. And then Ken, what you got? I give it a seven. All right. Next song is songs that she sang in the shower. I had to summon the confidence needed to hear her And another brief chapter without any and the songs that she sang in the shower are stuck in my head. Like bring out your dead breakfast in I have a hard time always saying that because there's a lot of <laughs> S's in that uh, in that title. Man, I love this song. Uh, this is <sighs> this this is almost. I didn't say that there are three c- career defining songs on this record because I don't I don't know if this is a career defining song, but good gosh, this song is great. Um, I, so I had one question on this was so. He talks about a number of songs within this song. So bring out your <laughs> bring out your dead. Anybody know what bring out your dead is? is? Is it just movie quotes from Monty Python's Holy Grail? Is it green sky bluegrass? Is it anti-flag? Like I I did a search on Spotify trying to find bring out your dead and those were those were the things that came out. Anybody know which which version? I don't. No, no yeah. <laughs> I didn't. And one of the things is like, I, as I, and I wished when I was going over and making notes that I had more time to find out uh, all of these, all the references. The only one I obviously, that was obvious was the Pink Floyd reference. Right. Um, but yeah, I wished I had had time to go and find all the references. Cause I think it, the way he changes it makes it even more interesting. This song is completely, like I said, personally, this has a very personal feel to it. Um, I didn't. I didn't necessarily have an addiction, but I did start trouble just to start trouble. So that that whole that that whole verse about the fight that you know that he starts and gets into, and then you're in that that long quiet car ride home. Um, and I haven't had a conversation exactly like that, but I've had conversations 
very close to that. So it was incredibly personal and brutal to, 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 to just hear that from someone else's perspective too. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the way she, this is one of those songs. This is a song I rated very high. Um, and it's, it's incredibly well done. Were, were you talking about senior year in high school? Is there, is there an apology that you want to give me? No, I don't have any apologies for you. <laughs> no, but I did go through a time where I caused a lot. I started a lot of bar fights and had a lot of car rides home where, and it wasn't because I was drunk. It's just because I was a big mouth and I, I just was causing trouble to cause trouble. And that, so when you have that conversation about, you know, how would you, because the way he even says it though, is just so unbelievably brutal. Have you ever had, have you ever considered the prospect of living alone? Like, That's a great line. I was like, I mean, if my, if my girlfriend was that clever, I would like, I would, I would just be in awe that she could even say something like, like that was, that was just amazing. I mean, even the line about the, in my room by myself, looks like I'm here with a guy that I judge worse than anyone else. Like mm-hmm. uh, I've been there too. So this just had a, just an incredible personal connection to me and my life. Yeah. Ken, we've, we've been talking way too much. <laughs> no, I love this song. I agree with Wayne. That line, the in a room by myself line is, uh, is so, so good. And, uh, I, I just love the overall premise of this song, which is just the songs that she sang in the shower are stuck in my head. And even though I don't know the, some of the songs he's talking about, like just, just as a, as a songwriter, like you sort of salivate over that song idea of that. He, he picking these songs that this, that this girl was singing in the shower. It's such a yeah. good premise for a song. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, this this to me is one of the more listenable songs on the album, which like you could you could put on uh, on a playlist and people wouldn't get depressed. <laughs> right. I have to assume "Breakfast in Bed" is Dusty Springfield. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I and so. I know the I know the UB40 Chrissy Hine version really well. That came out uh, late '80s, and I have to assume that "Yesterday's Wine" that's Willie Nelson. Right. I think, yeah, that's Willie Nelson. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I love the line where, you know, he says, wish you were here, the Pink Floyd song. And then he says, how I wish you were here. Yeah. It's it's so nice. Yeah. I'm sure there's some other other uh, hidden gems in here that we're just not checking. He's probably he's probably interlaced some other lyrics that we just don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Well, he puts them in quotations, so he makes it. But like I say, the idea... I mean, the idea of the song she sang in the shower, I mean, everybody, I mean, this isn't the first kind of, you know, she's never coming back realization song that anybody's ever written, but the way he does it is just uh, far and away uh, ahead of the way other people have done it. Like I say, it's those little things, the song she sang in the shower is what is, you know, is what's driving this, 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 you know, the idea that he, that she, I wish she would come back, but I, he, I think he even says somewhere where I know she's not going to, I know she won't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get some scores. Uh, Ken. Uh, I gave it an eight. Ten, uh, Wayne. 10. I almost gave your, your score up. Um, <laughs> Cause this is also my 10, by the way. All right. New South Wales. Not had enough. About a month to go tomorrow 
Garden holds no trace of sorrow for the bitter and the burn. And the piss they call tequila even way wouldn't drink. Well, I'd rather sip this Listerine I packed. But I swear we've never seen a better place to sit and think. God bless the busted ship that brings us back. And I'm looking at my, I don't have any notes on this other than I circled drinking fire and spit and sawdust. What does that line mean? <laughs> Wayne? I think it has to do with being on the road. I don't, I don't know that he didn't write it. Drinking fire, I would say is probably just drinking alcohol. Yeah. Um, but spitting sawdust, um, he refers to cocaine as sand, so it's there's no really. But this is definitely the one that thought this is obviously in Australia, on the road in a band, you know, but still, you know, still missing home in a lot of ways. But I think this just is full of some great lines, like even the one about the cocaine um, twice as much as you know being twice worth twice as much as gold, and then the line about the piss they call tequila even yeah. Waylon wouldn't drink. Like it's just full of great. I mean, even the songs that I didn't. Maybe wasn't able to, and I think Diesel and Dust is a reference to Midnight Oil, wasn't that? That was yeah, that, that yeah, yeah that Australian, Australian band. So he's he's throwing out a tip of the hat to to the boys from from Midnight Oil, and this is just this is just full of really great stuff. But that's how I mean, and and it only gets a middle of the road score, yeah, because there's just so much good stuff on here. God bless the busted ship that brings us back. Gosh, there's so many. You really should be flying. How poor are you that you have to take a boat? Yeah. What kind of, I mean, they, they haven't made it yet. No, obviously. <laughs> we can't call Qantas. We gotta, we're going back on a steamer. We're probably, it's a cruise ship and we got to play. Oh, even we're worse. Playing on the Lido deck. Even worse. Ken, what do you got on, on uh, this song? Yeah, I also didn't have any notes for this song. This is one of the only songs on the record where I don't really know what he's talking about, but uh, but I like it anyway because it's so nice on the ears and you sort of just watch these lines kind of float by and they're all great lines and they all paint their own picture. And sometimes that's really nice. Like you don't really need to have this this theme or know exactly what they're talking about. Like sometimes it's just kind of nice to to listen to the to the guy sing and 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 sing some nice written lines. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about the song. It's just, it's easy on the ears and, and, and you can, each line you can really hold on to and kind of visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get some scores on this. This is my three. And then Ken, what's your score? I gave it a six. And then Wayne. I gave it a five. All right. Next song, super eight. Go right there. Yeah, I'm good. I just I set my corona down too hard. Somebody's evening didn't go so well. If I ever get back to Bristol, 
so 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 ken is the fear of every traveling musician is that you've never made it and never been successful enough to sleep in anything better than a super eight motel and then you die in that super eight motel as well is that like the biggest fear yeah i think so i would say so there's there's a lot of times where you're out there in the middle of nowhere staying at a motel and thinking like does anybody actually know i'm here like sometimes I will text the address to my wife and say like, if you don't hear from me by tomorrow, just like <laughs> here's the address and the cops. Because sometimes you realize you're alone out there and you haven't really told anybody where you are. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird feeling. <laughs> yeah, leave your iPhone on. Yeah, what's what's the worst place that you've stayed on the road? Oh well, I mean, I used to do a lot of house concert type shows. Okay. I still do a few of them. Have you guys been to a house concert before? Yes. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they are fun. I, I would say half of them are fun and half of them are super weird and super creepy. <laughs> and uh, and I used to, you know, part of these doing these house concerts was you would get to stay at these places. So it was kind yeah. of free, a free room. But I've stopped doing that. And I would now prefer the Super 8 over that because I've <laughs> just stayed at some some really weird places where it's like you're driving out to the country I, w- I once drove out to a place in Wisconsin uh, in the middle of the country and uh, showed up to this house that like the the woman who owned the house didn't have didn't or didn't actually live in the house so there was nothing in it and it was just like her and her uh, like four family members sitting at the dinner table waiting for me to show up and they thought I was just gonna play for them while they uh, while they ate dinner it was kind of like it lo- looked like a scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh man. And that's one of many of those. So I would say those are the worst experiences. I would I feel comfortable at the Super Eight. Please tell me you got a video or photo of that. <laughs> I didn't. I, I I got out of there as quick as I could. I was like, you know what? I'll take the hit tonight. Yeah, probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna get the hotel. I'm gonna stay in the Super Eight. I'm cool with that tonight. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. I forgot something in my car. I'll be right, right back. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Every now and now and then, I will. If I don't know where I'm going, I'll look up the place on like Google Maps, right. and just see if it looks normal. Because I've had a few <laughs> few bad experiences, like some experiences like that are out of deliverance or something, where you pull up and it's like a cabin, and there's a dude with no teeth on the porch, and he's playing a banjo yeah exactly yeah uh, oh man um so so wayne and i like this this song uh a lot more than you did based off of the score is it is it just because this is this is the rocker on the album i think so i mean I, like i don't hate the song but and i get why this song is on the record it's it's the palate cleanser um yeah. but it's not not the one i go back to and i i mean like I feel like it's it's Jason saying like, "Hey, I used to be in a rock band, so here's my here's my rocker." But I love a lot of his other rock songs a lot more than this one. Yeah, I mean Nashville Sound is uh, even though it's quote unquote Nashville Sound, that's more of a it's more of a straight up rock record, I think, yeah, or definitely. at least half of it is. Yeah, yep. I don't know about straight up, but yeah, it's more. It's definitely more of a more along the lines of this. This would have I could see because my one I, I gave this an eight to be cute because it was really right there with uh, Live Oak. So I, I was like, hey, you know what, Super Eight, I'll give it the eight. Uh, but I absolutely love this song, and I love it's got the because thematically when you 
when you listen to it, it reminds me of my two favorite Leonard Skinner songs, Give Me Three Steps mm-hmm. and What's Your Name? The band in the hotel, a guy looking for his girlfriend, every people start getting beat up. And, you know, I just, the whole story is fun and <laughs> insane and and completely well done. And at the end where he goes, you know, they, somebody tells him that'd be, that'd make a great, you know, song if I could remember it. It, it's just the whole thing. It's like, this is like the best song Ronnie Van's aunt never wrote. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good analysis there. All right. So you gave it an eight. I gave it a seven. And then Ken, I gave it a one. I had to give something a one. And this was the one right. I felt okay about. All right. And I, and I will say this because it's so, there is something about the fact that it's the only one like it. If there were a couple more, or even one more, I think this would have even it could have possibly pushed it in my scoring even higher. But it, there was something to the fact that it was so much different than everything else and almost felt out of place. Yeah. Even though I absolutely love it. OK, I get that. All right. Next song, Yvette. Your father will never be so I love And just as we had uh, Elephant tackling a very uh, heavy subject. So, yeah, a murder ballad about a literal (laughs) family affair. I took that uh, directly from, I don't remember which website I, I took it from. This is the one song on the record that I'm okay with skipping. What do you guys have to say about Yvette? Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, this is the one I feel bad about the score, but by by the time we get to this song, I'm just I just can't do it. It's so heavy um, that I I do normally skip this song, which I feel bad about because it's 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 an important song and it's obviously a really well written song like all the others. But it's uh, but by, by uh, song eleven, it's a, it's a tough one to uh, to uh, to swallow. Yeah, I saw your father last night in the window of the light made a silhouette. Some hold you that way. He won't hold you that way anymore, Yvette. Yeah. So he talks about loading up his Weatherby. Yeah. And since I'm not yeah. a gun guy, I had to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's an old gun, right? They don't, it's not like it's something you would. Because this song, um, there's something about it. I mean, not. There's something about it that reminds me of I Hung My Head. Uh, by Johnny Cash, that one where he, the kid is just all of the difference is that that kid accidentally shot the Lone Rider. Where this guy, this kid is is clearly gonna you know rescue his you know his schoolmate from her from this wicked situation, but it still had that that very much that same kind of feel to it. This this song had a real Johnny Cash you know Americana. But yeah, it's a heavy subject, whereas Elephant is a heavy subject that nobody covers. This is a heavy subject that is is done a little bit more. And it's and it, like I say, it's very uncomfortable. 
in general, the subject in general. And but I mean, yeah, he really he does an amazing job with something that's very difficult to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Can anything on this? Not really. Yeah, I, it's. Uh, I, I agree with Wayne. It, it's it's a bit more done with the whole like uh, you know. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to grab my gun and, and kill him, which, yeah, it it just doesn't really speak to me on the same level that elephant does, which is, which feels so real and, and so visceral. Um, this one's a bit more like he kind of, it feels like you're taking a step back from, from this story. And, uh, and I think again, it's just that it's loaded with, there's so many loaded songs on this record that by the time you get to this one, it's just, you can't do it. Right. Yeah. Worn out. Emotionally drained. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So I said this was my lowest, Wayne. Uh, The same. And then Ken. I had a two. Yeah. This is uh, by far our lowest song. Lowest rated song. All right. So this is last song. This is relatively easy. He's a brother on a church kid. Seems like just a different kind of dope Better off to teach a dog a car trip and try to have a point and make it clear. And you should know, compared to people on a global scale, I kind of had it relatively easy. Here with you, there's always something to look forward to. My angry heart beats relatively easy. So we go from a song about incest to more happier topics, right? About suicide. In prison? (laughs) Suicide? I thought it was, it always felt to me like at the end he's in prison. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, There's a little bit of both, I think. Prison and yeah. suicide. Uh, heavy subject, but done in a yeah. uh, a less heavy fashion of elephant, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think it's the acoustic guitar. I mean, that there's something about... Because uh, when you play it in like those, those eighth notes or whatever that he's playing it, so that it kind of has a... The guitar has almost a a faster feel than the, than the vocals. This was my favorite song. I just, uh, after listening to it for, you know, a week and a half or whatever, I just, it was my favorite song. I love it. I love the whole, and I took it in, in uh, the end. I didn't really see the suicide angle. It's more like that. There's the, the, the verse where he, he, he obviously shoots out the windows of his loft. I mean, and when the cops come, he makes a big noise and then he, and then there it is. Uh, he's, he's, he's in the big house. But I do want to point out to Brett Michaels, if he was listening, that this is how you write a song about the death of your friend. Like that, that, those, those verses about, you know, his, his friend and the, uh, what was it? The vandal smile with a baseball in his right hand and nothing but blue sky in his eyes. Like that's how, when your friend, you know, overdoses on drugs and you want to, you want to make the world know about it and show them how you feel about it. That's how you fucking do it. Brett Michaels. (laughs) and i thought i thought we were done with all the poison vitriol but man it's it's still going you listen to something to believe in a number of times i didn't make you do anything how you do it 
This is, like I say, I'm just pointing, I just want it known if you're going to write it. I mean, cause this is how, you, this is how you, you, you tell that story. Yeah. And, and, and it, there's a, there's, there, there's a tremendous amount of, like I say, a lot of this, a lot of the, you know, the relatively easy is, you know, we don't have it so hard. People don't have it so hard. Not, a, you know, it's not as bad as it seems even, but to tell that story about it, you know, this, this friend of his whose wife leaves him and he overdoses, on, what is it, Klonopin or something? Klonopin, yeah. Like a, is that a horse tranquilizer? Yeah. <laughs> so, but those those images of you know this that like I say that the line vandal smile with a baseball in his right hand. I mean, he's remembering this this guy the way he wants to remember him, the way he should be remembered. Um, blue sky, oh, nothing but blue sky in his eyes. That's just this. That's that's solid songwriting right there. Ken, I'm sorry that you had to hear. <laughs> no, I, uh, I enjoyed that Brett going, Michaels bit. Uh, um, yeah, we we just did we just did a, an episode on poisons, flesh and blood, <laughs> and um, for some reason Wayne keeps thinking that I had anything to do with choosing that record. No, dude. that's not true. It was the specific song "Something to Believe in," which I think is a steaming pile of crap. Okay, and right, you guys all and, and you both ranked it pretty right. high, but I I just want to say there was a there was a a connection between it. I know to Ken, it didn't, he didn't see it cause he wasn't there for it, but I'm hoping at least Ben got it. <laughs> well, you're, you're still wrong. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's get some scores on relatively easy. Uh, this is my nine Wayne 11, but you wanted to give it 12. I, if I'd had two 12s, I might've, but like I say, this is my favorite song, but I think, like I said, elephant is the best song gotcha. on the record. All right. Ken, what's your score? Yeah, I gave it a 10. This is a song that that uh, got me into this record. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, I think sonically, it's one of the better song sounding songs on the record. I think like this, uh, this album obviously is like very songwriting focused, but this song sonically is really, really nice on the ears. And then obviously, as Wayne said, like some really killer lines in there as well. Was it for the sequencing? Was it? Do you think that people uh, are turning this record off because of Yvette and don't hear relatively easy? Possibly. They're doing themselves a disservice. Yeah, well, yeah I think maybe, absolutely. but it seems like this song still kind of found its way to people's ears. At least the people I've talked to about it, this seems to be a general favorite. It's great. All right. So did we cover everything? Did we miss anything on this record? I don't think so. No. All right. So let's uh, let's go look to see what our top songs on the record were. I already told you what the number one. So Elephant uh, definitely got our number one. Uh, number two, um, relatively easy. Yeah. Um, number three, was it songs that she sang in the shower? Yeah, it should be uh, should be covering me up, but somebody <laughs> somebody tanked that. Um, uh. Because of Wayne's score, he dropped Cover Me Up to our fourth favorite. And then Different Days rounds out our top five. Just barely, because I kind of tanked Live Oak for you guys. So that barely missed the the top five. But that's... It's a solid top five. That's a solid top five. Yeah. uh, That is super solid. But you know what? This whole record is solid. This is a great, oh, absolutely. great record. Yeah, I, it was tough. It, this was probably as tough to score as anything we've done because it's, I, I mean, when you're, 
Yvette is not is is uncomfortable to listen to, but it's such a well written song. So it's like, I just like I say, I literally had to. I made my scores today. I just surrendered and said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. The songs that I that I personally affect me most are gonna, I'm gonna rank higher, and I'm just gonna have to give, you know, one through six. Anything one through six, one through seven didn't get a score it deserved. I was just glad we only had twelve songs to uh, to to score. <laughs> based off of last week's uh, 16 yeah. songs so we had to go through oh yikes so, what record was that uh smoking ah. smoking popes oh wow yeah. <laughs> bit of a different record destination failure <laughs> yeah yeah well we've got a bc boys record coming up in a couple weeks wayne that that has uh that has what 19 20 yeah, something. Yeah. And I listened to it. There's really not any skit skits. There's only one. There's only one. Yeah. That's really, that really could be just added. It shouldn't, if it, it should be added to another track, but so. it's, a, it's a lot of work, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Ken, this has been fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So remind our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Ken Yates. Yeah, you can find it all com and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much just just Google Ken Yates and you'll find me. And YouTube so that you can see the... Uh, yeah, the ski ballet video. The, the Check ski- that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm most uh, proud of that. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. All right. So so last question, and uh, we lift this from the uh, from a fellow podcaster here in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good Conversation podcast. So so Ken, who do you know that I don't know who'd want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? And you can't say Liz or Brian oh. because uh, well, yeah, I was going to say you've had all my close friends already. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to try to give you some, some international names since you're, since you're branching out of the U S. Um, my friend, Jen Grant, who's an amazing songwriter. She lives on the East coast of Canada. Um, Stu Larson, an Australian guy. I was supposed to tour with him in May, which is now canceled, unfortunately. And, uh, my friend Tara Lightfoot, who's also Canadian. She's, she's amazing. And she's, uh, she's a great person to talk to. Yeah, those are the three off the top of my head. All right. Nice. Well, we'll 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 chat offline and make that make that happen. Sounds good. Very good. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a T-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Definitely buy a record right now. Musicians need it. Visit a record store and not just on record store day unless you've been socially distanced. And then um, go buy a record online. So we are Records Revisited, and we are out. Out. Out.